Virgin's Hymn number 165, Be Still for the Presence of the Lord. of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to our vigil celebration of Mass for the second Sunday of Lent. We're very privileged to to have at Mass today Alistair Dutton, the Director of the Scottish Catholic International Aid Fund, who will speak to us about the Lenten campaign later, later later on in the Mass. To begin the Mass and to offer the Mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. Lord Jesus, your mighty God and Prince of Peace, Lord have mercy. Lord Jesus, your word of God made flesh and splendor of the Father, Christ have mercy. Lord Jesus, you're the way, the truth and the life, Lord have mercy. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. O God, who have commanded us to listen to your beloved Son, be pleased, we pray, to nourish us inwardly by your word, that with spiritual sight made pure, we may rejoice to behold your glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord said to Abram, 
Leave your country, your family, your father's house for the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name so famous that it will be used as a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who slight you. All the tribes of the earth shall bless themselves by you. So Abram left as the Lord told him. The word of the Lord. May your love rest on us as our hope rests in you. May your love rest on us as our hope rests in you. The word of the Lord is faithful and all his works to be trusted. The Lord loves justice and right and fills the earth with his love. May your love rest on us as our hope rests in you. The Lord looks on those who revere him and those who hope in his love to rescue their souls from death, to keep them alive in May your love rest on us as our hope rests in you. Our soul is waiting for the Lord. The Lord is our help and our shield. May your love be upon us, O Lord, as we place all our hope in you. from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. With me, bear the hardships for the sake of the good news, relying on the power of God who has saved us and called us to be holy, not because of anything we ourselves have done, but for his own purpose and by his own grace. This grace had already been granted to us in Christ Jesus, before the beginning of time. But it has also been revealed by the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus. He abolished death, and he has proclaimed life and immortality through the good news. The word of the Lord. Praise to you. cloud the father's voice was heard this is my son the beloved listen to him praise to you O Christ king of eternal glory 
be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took with him Peter, James and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain where they could be alone. There in their presence he was transfigured. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, and they were talking with him. Then Peter spoke to Jesus. Lord, he said, it is wonderful for us to be here. If you wish, we will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when suddenly a bright cloud covered them with shadow, and from the cloud there came a voice which said, This is my son, the beloved. He enjoys my favour. Listen to him. When they heard this, the disciples fell on their faces, overcome with fear. But Jesus came up and touched them. Stand up, he said. Do not be afraid. And when they raised their eyes, they saw no one but only Jesus. As they came down from the mountain, Jesus gave them this order. Tell no one about the vision until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. There are a few strange stories in the gospel. We heard a strange story last Sunday of Jesus in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, tempted by the devil. And this is a strange story that we hear in today's gospel passage about the transfiguration. Ordinarily, Jesus is shown in simple ways, speaking, meeting with people, curing people as well. But here, in an unnamed mountain, his divinity bursts forth, his face is illumined, and his garments gleam with light. He appears, according to the account in Matthew's Gospel, with figures from the Old Testament. Some people have speculated that the writers of the Gospel have, in actual fact, moved one of the accounts of the resurrection of Jesus' earthly life to this place. Some say this passage has been dropped into Jesus' earthly life when really it should belong to when Jesus himself is risen from the dead. If you actually take time to read the passages from the Gospels about the Transfiguration, there are, strangely enough, lots of add-ons. The figures in white that appear uh, with Jesus are named in some Gospels, but not in others. In some it tells us that Jesus appears in dazzling white garments and his face shines with light, and in others it doesn't. In some passages it seems to echo different events that happen in different places in the Old Testament. Moses coming down from the mountain, Mount Sinai and being surrounded by light so as people could not look at him uh, And of course, what we hear is it's almost as if there's something of that 
in the story of the Transfiguration. Biblical scholars who know about these things say that the story is in essence a simple one all about the Transfiguration and it's probably St Luke himself who gets the story uh, from the basic story that's handed on, the most ancient account of what has happened and the others simply try to add on things in order to clarify what the story is about. St Luke tells us then that Jesus goes up the mountain with his disciples. He had his mission, but doesn't know how it is to come to pass. In that moment, he realises that it will all be achieved by his death, whatever form that might take. The presence of the messengers, figures from the Old Testament, they themselves underline what this message is all about. And the reason that his face is lit up is simply with the realisation that he now knows what he must do. He descends from the mountain, resolved to go to Jerusalem. He turns his face to Jerusalem. He takes the road there with knowledge of what is to come. So what we are hearing in this passage then is a definitive moment in the Gospel. A moment, if you like, in which Jesus himself has reached a crossroads and takes this road resolutely. He has gone up to the mountain perplexed and he descends now from the mountain resolved to take this road. It's a definitive moment. It's a turning point. Everything is about to change. Jesus takes the road to Jerusalem with all its dangers. He will allow himself to be taken. He will place everything in the hands of his heavenly father. In today's first reading also, we hear that Abraham likewise is at a crossroads and a turning point. He's about to leave his home, wander in the desert, armed only with the promise that God has made him, that he would be the father of a nation. People will bless themselves by his name. And this promise, it seems, very unlikely to happen. It seems more more likely that he will die in the desert and simply be forgotten. But of course, this is not what happens. He does become the father of a great nation and they get a land to live in. In life itself, you will know that many uh, find themselves at different times in life at a crossroads. When you're young, we ask ourselves what course we might do, what profession that we might end up in. Later in life, we ask ourselves who will we marry, who will we be committed to? Will we move with them to another place? Will we live in that place? What will we do when we become ill when we are elderly? What will we do when we retire? That experience then of being at a crossroads, like Jesus and Abraham, very often come to us all. What road is it we will take in life? Where should we go? What will we put our trust in? What should we place our faith in? Is it just a game of chance at the end of the day? Or is there a specific road that we are to take, or are we just to make the best of the road that we find ourselves on? Today in the Gospel we hear that Jesus resolutely takes the road. He climbs the mountain perplexed, and he comes down from the mountain knowing exactly what he will do. He will put his trust in God the Father, 
And of course, likewise, we hear Abraham puts his trust in God too and takes the road into the desert underneath the burning sun. Sometimes it's true then that we will find ourselves too at a crossroads and wondering what road to take. In the end, very often, it's having the courage to walk that road and to trust that God himself will be with us to lead us where we should go and end up. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, and through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. God, our Father, we ask that your heavenly mercy may come upon us as we place all our trust in you. We pray once again for all our needs. That the virus spreading throughout the world will be contained and that those who are sick will recover. Lord, hear us. Lord, gracious, hear us. For the success of Skiaf's Lenten campaign, that the poor will get good news. Lord, hear us. Lord, gracious, hear us. For the children of the parish preparing for, the fir- for first reconciliation, that they will learn to trust in God's love and mercy. Lord, hear us. Lord, gracious, hear us. For peoples around the world who are suffering from the effects of climate change in massive flooding and destructive fires, that all of us may take part in healing our planet. Lord, hear us. Lord, gracious hear us. That this Lenten season may bring us to a crossroads in our faith, in which we enter more deeply into the mystery of God's love. Lord, hear us. Lord, gracious hear us. For all who have died, Marie Kelly and all those we are asked to remember, Lord, hear us. God of love, your ways are always kindness and mercy, and we ask you in your kindness to listen to our prayers and the desires of our hearts. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please join in hymn number 638, Take Me, Lord.
Dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May this sacrifice, O Lord, we pray, cleanse us of our faults and sanctify your faithful in body and mind for the celebration of these Paschal festivities. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For after he had told the disciples of his coming death, on the holy mountain he manifested to them his glory, to show even by the testimony of the law and the prophets the passion leads to the glory of the resurrection. And so with the powers of heaven, we worship you constantly in the earth, and before you, without end, we acclaim. Therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your Spirit upon them what did you fall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, our spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. And graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, look not in our sins, but in the faith of your Church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Jesus, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us, Jesus.
Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. you're accustomed to receive Holy Communion on your tongue, uh, the Bishop himself requests that you, uh, over the next uh, while, uh, receive Holy Communion on your hand. Uh, these are the restrictions that come with the spread of the virus and uh, precautionary measures that we're taking here in the church uh, throughout the diocese and in all the parishes. So if it's your custom to receive Holy Communion on your tongue, you're requested uh, over this next period to simply receive it in your hand.
please join in hymn number 163, Be Still and Know I Am With You. Let us pray. As we receive these glorious mysteries, we make thanksgiving to you, Lord, for allowing us while still on earth to be sharers even now in the things of heaven. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Please be seated for a moment. Just before you leave church uh, today, uh, delighted, uh, as I said at the beginning, to have Alistair here with us, uh, director of SCIAF. It's not often that we have the director of SCIAF here with us in the parish. I think this is the first time uh, that you've been with us, but you're more than welcome. And uh, you'll know, uh, maybe from records, uh, the great support that uh, the parish has given to SCIAF over the years. But we're absolutely delighted to to see you here this evening and uh, to connect with you in that kind of personal way uh, uh, that the occasion allows. So delighted that you're here, delighted that you give us the message uh, from SCIAF and uh, delighted to be part of the Lenten campaign this year too. Good evening, everyone. And thank you very much for your warm words, Father Paul, and for inviting me to speak at Masses this weekend. It's a great pleasure to be here in St. Bride's. Uh, as, as Father Paul said, I'm Alistair Dutton, I'm the director of SCIAF, and it is a great pleasure to be with you all uh, this evening. First and foremost, I want to thank you for your incredible generosity for SCIAF year in, year out. And secondly, to tell you a little bit about this year's Webox Appeal. As Father Paul mentioned, we do indeed know how generous the parish is. 
Um, and I really want to thank you from all of us, from the bottoms of our heart, for your prayers and also for your financial support. And it's wonderful to be here during Lent, and we'd very much like to be a greater part of the life of the parish throughout the whole year. I'll be at the back of church after Mass, so if any of you would like to talk to me about either this year's Wee Box Appeal or Skiaf's work more generally, please talk to me there. Um, I know, talking to Father Paul briefly just before Mass began, that the Wee Boxes were all being handed out with the, um, the weekly bulletins last week, so I hope you all have one. If you don't, please see me afterwards. I've brought a box of spares, and I think there are already some spares. So please do see me and make sure you get a copy of this year's Wee Box. And every year we try to highlight one of the areas of our work on the Wee Box Appeal to help explain and help you understand more and more the work that the Church in Scotland is doing through Skia for the poor around the world. And this year we're talking about a programme that we have in the Archdiocese of Bukavu in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, working with women who have suffered the most brutal atrocities. Many of the stories in the Wee Box this year are heartbreaking and distressing to share. But social justice is at the heart of Skiaf's mission. And many of these women have been silenced, excluded and, expl and ignored, rather, as a result of what they've suffered. And they really wanted their stories to be told. I was with them six weeks ago when I took STV out to meet some of the women. And I don't know whether you saw the Scotland Tonight programme on Thursday ten days ago um, where the stories were told. And women had walked for hours, more women than we could interview, but they really wanted their stories to be told. And when we asked them why, they said, we know people in Scotland care. We know what Skiaf has done for us, and we want the people in Scotland to know what our stories are, and because we know that people in Scotland will care about them. The one story I'd like to share a little bit about is that of Angela, who is the lady on the bee box uh, who has her young child with her. Um, when we first met Angela at the beginning of the programme, she was desperate. She was isolated and had been driven out of her community because of the abuse she had suffered. Angela needed urgent medical treatment and counselling for the pain she bore. Her children needed food and clothes and money to pay their school fees. She had nothing and no way of getting anything. Months earlier, one of the militia who have been fighting in the eastern Congo, and it's all greed, it's all about trying to get their hands on the mineral deposits so that they can sell them, but one of the militia came into Angela's village. They had torched the houses and they looted all the food and animals. Angela's husband was shot dead in front of her four beautiful children, and Angela was brutally attacked by nine men. Alone, Angela was left to cope with the physical and mental scars of the attacks and to try to provide for her children without the husband she had loved so much. To make matters worse, she was left HIV positive and was cast out of the community, a social pariah, a Jonah that no one would talk to and none of the other children would play with 
for fear of them being infected. When one of uh, the staff from Skiaf met her last summer, five long and painful years after this happened, Angela said, even in my own community, I'm not at ease. I'm labelled and rejected, and so are my children. The children feel insecure and sometimes refuse to eat. If they hear a loud bang, they start trembling, and other children won't play with mine in case they're infected. Therese is the head of the Archdiocese Women's Desk in Bukavu, and Therese and her team from the Archdiocese met Angela at one of their listening centres. Slowly, Angela grew to know the team and felt comfortable enough and had the confidence to tell her story. Therese arranged the treatment for Angela at one of the diocese's clinics and for counselling to help her come to terms with her attacks and the grief of losing her childhood sweetheart, her husband, friend and soulmate. Through the centre Therese runs, Centre Alamu, Angela received a small loan to start a business selling donuts. Apparently, Angela makes delicious donuts, and they were selling literally like hotcakes. But unfortunately, other people in the village saw how well she was doing, and they thought selling donuts would be a great idea too. Very soon, the village was awash with donuts, and Angela is now trying to work out what she will have to do next in order to provide for her family. Therese and her team, and I heard on Tuesday actually that Therese and the Archbishop are coming to Scotland. They arrived this weekend coming. So I hope there will be opportunities for people to meet them. Therese is an incredible woman. And with her team, they continue to help thousands of women who have suffered similar fates to Angela's and who are struggling to recover and look after their families. The Archdiocese of Bukavu walks daily with its people, providing health care, counselling, pastoral care, schooling, and a wide range of services for mentally and physically disabled people. But there are thousands more people like Angela who are still trapped in the horror of the attacks they've suffered. And Skiaf needs your help to help us to be able to continue helping women and girls like Angela. And that's where this Lent comes in. This Lent, you can help many more women like Angela get the help they need. Over the next three years, we will be helping 4,000 women who have suffered gender-based violence in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. We'll be helping them get the support they need to recover and rebuild their lives. And this includes healthcare, surgery, trauma counselling, as well as legal support to help them prosecute their attackers, um, plus help to become financially independent so they can stand on their own two feet again. And I'm delighted to say, with uh, the Department for International Development just up the road at East Kilbride, once again we have aid match with this year's We Box. So everything we receive between now and the 20th of May Diffid will double. So your money will literally go twice as far. So please, this Lent, support Skiaf as generously as you can through the wee boxes, through the fourth Sunday collection, which will be taken in two weeks' time on the 22nd of March, and 
throughout the year if you can through direct debits. Your donations will help SKIAF's life-changing world around the, work around the world, while matched funding from the Department for International Development will pay to transform the lives of women like Angela in the Congo. And everything you give makes an enormous difference. Just £15 will get a birth certificate for a child who is born of a woman, women like Angela. Unfortunately, in the Congo, you need to be able to give the names of both parents in order to register a birth. And if you've suffered the fate of Angela and don't know the name of the father, then you can't get that birth certificate. And then the child can't get health care and they can't go to school. So a birth certificate really is the beginning of ordinary life for people in the Congo. And £15 helps us to secure a birth certificate for people like Angela. Alternatively, if you feel able to give more regularly through a direct debit, £15 a month will pay for three women like Angela to have the health care they need. So together, we really can help women in the Congo stand on their own two feet again. And in addition to asking for money, and that is very important, but please pray for the people of the Congo and for women like Angela in the Congo. Very often when I'm with people in countries like the Congo, they say, please go home and ask the people of Scotland to pray for us because we know we're not forgotten. And when you're in the worst of situations, knowing you're not forgotten can be the most precious thing of all. As I said, I'll be at the church after Mass, so if any of you would like to talk to me, please do. Please make sure you do get a wee box if you haven't already got one. Um, and I'll just leave you with a few words from Father Justin, who runs Justice and Peace for the Archdiocese of Bukavu. And he said, the people of Scotland are the people we want to congratulate. They have helped us a lot through SCIAF, and we thank them in the name of all those that we help. Thank you very much indeed. Just finally, before the blessing, just to uh, wish uh, all at Skiaf uh, our best wishes uh, and to thank them for the great work that they do on behalf of the Catholic Church here on behalf of Scotland as well. Uh, we know it's a, a charity which is uh, remarkable in many ways and uh, it, it touches many people's lives and we realise it's through the work of yourself and, and many people like you that are doing that on behalf of the church and, and many people in Scotland as well. So we, we thank you for all your work and we hope that uh, you carry the good wishes and prayers of this parish community uh, to the people at Skiaf. Please stand. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go forth. The Mass is ended. Please join in our final hymn, number 757, Be Not Afraid. No.
before.